0: Hey and welcome to The round table. My name is Shell Johnson and I am here with some amazing people and today we are talking on the topic of mental health, aren't we guys? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How is everybody today? Are we good? Are we feeling good?
1: Yeah, feeling good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Think yeah. so.
0: <laughs> I think
2: so. Never quite sure. It's one Never of those, sure. yeah. Yeah. One yeah, of those yeah. topics where you're like, it's quite serious but mm-hmm. you don't want to be too deep into it so you're just
0: like I just want to stay afloat (laughs)
1: how okay do you want me to be how about
0: like (laughs) let's take it another level like how are we feeling like really Um,
3: it's funny you should ask because actually recently I have been great and I had like really bad postnatal depression after my first baby so that's kind of sent me on a spiral and been absolutely fine and then recently been having all sorts of weird anxiety stuff going on because my husband's away and all the rest of it But it's weird because it's actually been quite reassuring to me in a certain way because I've been able to go, okay, I feel this. I recognize it. It's not flooring me. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of quite positive and quite empowering. I mean, obviously I'd rather it wasn't there. That would be better. But if it has to be there, and I think that's the thing, you know, talking about how you are, and I think I talked briefly with you. I don't think I ever get to a point where I go, oh, I'm fine, like, it's all gone. All that mental health crazy stuff, it's all gone. It's all there, it's, I think you just manage it every day, but um, I'm glad, yeah, it's good. In general, I'm good. You know, always a bit bonkers, but good. <laughs> bonkers is good. Bonkers is good. Bonkers you always need a
1: bonkers bit of bonkers, good. right? Always need <laughs> a bit of bonkers. That is true. All Sweet. the
3: best people are. Oh, that's what I, I think so too. How are you, Julian?
1: I'm here. Um, I think that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Only because like, I think later on we'll get into it, but I'm tired, but I'm here. Yeah, that's it.
4: Um, me, I'm, I'm good in the grand scheme of things. Um, I guess I see life as being a journey and I have a bit more of an understanding of that. And I'm aware that life is full of ups and downs, but I've, I've, I guess in, in the past sort of six months, I've fallen in love with the, the process and just, yeah, just where I'm at in life in general. Yeah.
2: I think I'll use the term, I'm alive. And I, I think, mm. yeah, and, and that's me being brutally honest. Yeah. I'm alive. Um, I, don't, I don't take each day for granted. I'm alive, and I think that's, for me right now, that is the best thing. Um, I was saying, I, sh- I shared for the first time during National uh, Mental Health Month that I'm someone who suffered from me- mental health issues since I was about 14, 15. Um, I may not have gone into details, but even being able to say that to people, um, because of the kind of character I am, it was quite surprising for a lot of people. You're super
0: fun, bubbly. Very
2: loud. The word most people say is extrovert. (laughs) I get told I'm crazy 99% of the time, but not realising that the (laughs) percentage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you guys are hitting the nail on the head. You don't even know. Um, But being able to share that for me was a huge step. So Mm. when I say that I'm alive, I literally just mean I'm actually just alive. I'm trying to get to that next place where i'm actually okay and mean that i'm okay
4: yeah, yeah. A, a question if you don't mind yeah is you know your bubbly side and all of that yeah. and you know all of the things you were going through suffering with like mental health mm-hmm. was that a cover-up for things that you were going through like just regarding personality-wise and um, certain factors
2: Funny enough um it started when i was in secondary school so i was bullied very badly for a good few years mm. and then i found well people found that i could sing Um, So singing actually was my saving grace, which stopped me from getting bullied. But then it then became something that people recognised. And then during summer school, I went um, into an acting school and I I was a lead actress and that sort of stuff. And when I came back, I actually had some form of confidence, a little Mm -hmm. bit. But then it became a cover up for how I was really feeling. I was still really scared. I was still very insecure, but I became... I almost became the character that I played, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly but surely, I started to find myself, and I did find I'm quite a bubbly person in general, um, but it has become my cocoon. It has become mm. My, mm. my safe place almost. And I think because of the, the things I've been through, if I didn't have this, if I wasn't this character, I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't be here at this round table. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth of it. So yeah. me being bubbly and loud and fun has actually saved my life.
0: Yeah, I, am mm. mental health-wise, have been healthy i would say growing up like in general like always been like positive in a lot of ways and not particularly had anxiety or depression but over the past five years for three of the winters i've had about a month of what i would describe as like it was undiagnosed depression i would say so seasonal affective disorder is a word the doctors used as it wasn't diagnosed but um it's something i might potentially have had so that was bizarre for me I guess as someone that's always like my mind's been healthy to suddenly not be in control in that way anymore and have that like the emotional side of me not lining up and making sense with what life looked like I think that threw me a bit but I just had my third round of it like a couple of months ago. And I felt a lot more confident going into it. I was like, exactly what you were saying, like, OK, I know what this yeah. is a bit more.
3: I remember being 26 and um, having my first kind of depressive episode, which it was obviously before kids, actually. And the most... It was the worst, obviously, because it was the first, but it was because I'd never... It, like, it hit was like a brick wall. It was like I didn't know what it was, it was like a punch in the face. I was terrified because you didn't, I didn't recognise myself or my like you say there was a real disconnect between what was going on in my life and actually how I was feeling and the things that I was thinking um, and not that to undermine any kind of mental health but for me the more I go through it and the more episodes I have because I am very up and down the more I feel stronger against it not that I can control it but that I can manage it or that it's not as frightening because I think that's the thing mental health when you first come up against issues, whatever they are, is terrifying because it's that lack of control. And you can't answer the questions mm. that people are asking you. You can't say, you can, when they go, but why? You're like, yeah. I don't know.
5: And it's such a different experience for everyone as right. well. So that you can't possibly answer the questions because you actually don't know. No. Because that person telling you that's what they've gone through. You're like, well, mine is not actually mm-hmm. the exact same as yours. So how can you speak yeah. to what I'm going through?
6: Uh, I think it's interesting what you're saying about how you think, yeah, you feel stronger for going through it and you know yourself. So I've, I had anorexia when I was kind of 12 to 17 and then ended up spending a year in a mental health hospital recovering. And I know my brain unbelievably well, but, um, and even so much so that when I relapsed, I knew exactly what was happening a couple of years ago, kind of reached out for help and went and kind of tried to deal with it properly, kind of head on. But over the last six months, stuff has started to slide so much so that I woke up this morning, I was actually, Away, came back to London and sat at Highbury and Islington Chief Station for 45 minutes crying, not knowing whether I wanted to even come today, what I wanted to do with myself, and. I think for me, that's just such a frustration because it's like, I've been in this really good place. And I think part of it is now for me, is I talk very openly about my recovery and I do this full time, I talk about mental health. And it's like, people have this expectation. I think that when you've had a mental health problem and you talk about it, everything's okay and you're totally fixed. And it's actually like, no, we're not, we still have days. And I think the problem is, is that we're all really happy to kind of sit here and talk about like the good times that we've had, or the fact that we were really ill once and now we're recovered. And some of us have, obviously some of us here have said that we aren't, but quite often people just focus on the kind of, that's what's happened and we're now in a really good place. Yeah. And I think we don't ever kind of think, actually we get up in the morning sometimes and this is what actually it's like to live with a long-term mental it's, health problem. It's the
5: aftercare that's kind of almost yeah. more important in yeah. some ways, because it's like, yeah, now I've, gone through some, I've gotten through that but now then what do I do?
3: Yeah, but also it's like this idea that depression or mental health issues look a certain way, you know, and it's, and it's, and, and it's curable, and it's not. I always look at my mental health a bit like addiction, I guess, that I'll always be an like addicts are always gonna be addicts. They'll, they'll, yeah, exactly. They might be fine, they might never take drugs or drink mm. for the rest of their life, but every day they'll be an addict, and I look at it like that. I may never have another significant depressive episode, um, but I might. And so every day I'm like, this is me. And it's my normal. And it doesn't mean that people have to feel, you know, sorry for me, that's fine. It, it, it's my normal. And and, it, and yeah, maybe days I get up and I put lipstick on and I go, in fact, most days I get up and look pretty fierce and get out and do it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not struggling. It doesn't mean that I, you know, just cause I put, I've had nasty comments on social media going, oh well, yeah, this, you know, this isn't depression. You know, you, sh- you should see real depression. And I'm just like, you know what? This is why I'm talking about it, because it needs to be more open and we need to know that somebody just walking down the street could be really suffering. It doesn't have to mean that they're in bed all day, you know, sobbing.
7: I think it's significant that both you, Kat, and Celestine, I think, um, talked about this idea that it's in some sense empowering to face it head on, um, to acknowledge it, to say it's there. I I think there's a tendency, I mean, for me sometimes to think that problems will just go away if you sort of close your eyes. Mm. But um, there is, there, I think there is something, as you're saying, something really powerful about facing up to the, facing the beast. Mm. Mm. Like, and sometimes acknowledging, okay, you're not gonna go away. Yeah. Um, at even, no matter how much I turn my face away from you and pretend it's not gonna happen and not talk about it, you, you, we're, uh, we're, f- we're friends, like we're, 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 you're, we're doing life together. Yeah. Um, you're not going to go away, but nor am I. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm facing you, and we can, and now we can manage yeah. and deal deal with problems as they come up.
5: I, yeah. I, I, agree with you completely, but I also think, and people can disagree with me, that there is, like, for instance, my own personal experience, kind of growing up. I had so, like, my self worth was so low, and I, I hated everything about myself. So I, I kind of, almost tricked myself into thinking that I was good enough. And then I kind of like, like almost fake it till you make it. And then eventually yeah. I did start to think that and actually convince myself that I was good enough. Yeah. So I think there's facing the beast and there's also kind of being like, no, you are worth it even when you don't actually think you are. Yeah. And then eventually you just start thinking that. Yeah. And eventually you just are like, oh, actually, I actually do mean something, you know?
0: How do we then do you think like engage and connect in those issues? Like, so we talk about like facing the beast and you know, realising it, like, do we accept a label over ourselves or how do we healthily engage with in these topics and like who who we are and who it makes us, I guess.
1: So going back to me saying I'm here, I'm present, um, I like, I don't call it the beast. Um, I don't even give it a name because I see it as like, this is who I am. And this idea of like being present and being now it's a constant conversation with myself. So for example, because um, the way how I say, it, I guess, for mental health, for me personally, it's the stories that I tell myself. Mm-hmm. So the things I'm telling myself when no one's there, mm-hmm. when no one's looking, like what do I believe about myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do I hold those things? Um, and I think, so for me, it's one day at a time. It's not this idea that I've finished. Um, I've accepted that this, idea of perfection or being done with. It's not a reality. So, you know, tomorrow I might be low on dopamine. Um, tomorrow I might be, you know, tomorrow I might be tired. Um, I'm going for a, a busy period right now. So that means my energy level is low. And because my energy level is low, I'm not eating right. And because I'm not eating right, my mental, um, it's not there. So I think for me, it's this idea that every day above ground is a good day. And every day I need to remind myself of what truth I believe about myself. And I take that and run with it. And I think it's also that conversation with yourself, like sitting there and like, okay, this is how I'm feeling today what am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling like that this, Julie? Yeah, there. like why? Are you, and I think often we run away from that idea of just sitting with yourself okay. and just interrogate yourself. Why are you telling yourself you're not good enough today, Julie? Yeah. <laughs> why are you telling, like, do you get I'm like, why are you doing that? And I, I do that every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really helpful um, for me. So when people ask me, how are you, depending on the space i'm in it's like i'm present if i am present because some days i'm not present i'm just there and i'm not even there like i'm just talking to myself and everyone's talking and they'll be like julian what do you think um yeah yeah like because i'm not there because mentally i'm probably tired and i don't want to engage and sometimes i don't even want to talk to people (laughs) but yeah can
2: i ask that when you have those days when you don't want to talk to people do you find that you just shut yourself off and that you just kind of disconnect with, shall I say, humanity on the world? And you just, do you find that that helps you or do you tend to then force yourself to actually want to engage with people Mm -hmm. at that time? Like, how do you deal with that?
1: It all, it it depends on the day. Okay. Um, And uh, so for example, uh, three days ago, I was at home, went home, tired. And then the kids, cause my, my, my daughter is just, she's just amazing, just full of energy. Just run towards me, it's like, yeah, great. And I realized I'm not reaching back with the same energy. Yeah, yeah. And I felt really bad. <laughs> cause I remember wanting that attention from my dad and I wasn't getting it. So I just gave her a hug for time. And then she was like, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you holding
2: it? Can I breathe now? Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs>
2: it's gone on a bit too long. Yeah.
1: And then, and then uh, my wife was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm not great. I'm one, I'm having one of those moments." And um, she tried to have a conversation. I couldn't. I just. Yeah. I was just in that place. So I went into the living room and just sat there. And I did this thing. I was just talking to myself. What's wrong with you? these amazing people are here, they want to talk to you, what's going on? And not kind of beat myself up for not for feeling like that, but just saying, what can I do right now to raise my energy level up, Mm -hmm. to meet my kids, like where they're at, to meet my wife, where she's at and have that conversation with her. And I realised I need to run. I need my heart to just Mm -hmm. to restart my heart or just do something, just go outside. So I just like, can you give me an hour? Let me just go outside for a run and then come back. And I hate running, but (laughs) (laughs) running is so (laughs) boring. But it's the say, only thing that yeah. gets my heart running. And I
3: always say, like, I run for my head and my arse just comes along for the ride. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because so many people are like, oh, my God, you do loads of running. And have you lost weight?" I was like, I really couldn't care less about the weight I'm losing. Honestly, I literally just need to run. Yeah. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's two. It's never really two hours. But occasionally it is. <laughs> That's a long run. <laughs> and it is. It's just running. But what you're talking about is really interesting because it took me ages to get to that point. But I think it's about... Realising that I have to take responsibility for my own mental health, and I can sit there and go, but why did I get postnatal depression, or why did I get depressed? Like, why is that? And I know that there are things that happen that probably triggered it, that probably contributed to it. But there are other people I know have been through stuff that don't suffer from it. So I'm like, but why me? And you can ask that question till you're blue in the face, and all that will happen is you'll just build up these. Crappy fantasies of why you're broken or not good enough or the rest of it. and actually, at the end of the day, it's just about going. Well, this is just me, and I, you know, and if I take responsibility for this and go for a run when I need to go for a run, or say out loud, you know what, today's not a great day, then, then that's all right. That's not. I do think there's something in that actually, because I think for me, when I'm having a really bad day,
6: like. And I have to make myself get up and do something because otherwise, if I spend the whole day shut away on my own, by the That's end of the worse. day, I'm just in like a really bad yeah. headspace. And it, like in the past, I used to do that and yeah, would just be did. like, "Oh God, I can't face you anything." Think it's helping. Yeah, you do, yeah, you and you, and you convince it's yourself it's okay. Yeah. But now I'm like, "You've got this to just get I out." Just mean, and just I just need some me day. time. When yeah. really, it's... sometimes you
2: feel the like there's the worst, nothing yeah. else that you can do. Like yeah. I was having a conversation with you before, and I was just saying I intentionally live by myself because. I'm an I'm an extroverted introvert in that I, I I don't have a problem being with people, but then I I automatically will emotionally shut off and I will disconnect and I'm like, I have to be and I will lock myself away for about a week and nobody will know that I'm at home by myself. And sometimes there's not even anything wrong, but sometimes I just need to, that's that's my way of just yeah. protecting me. And then there's times when because I live by myself, the dangers in having mental health issues is that there's no one around
0: the isolation
2: isolation is so quick and so so natural to me. I mean, I'm going to expose myself a little bit. I'm one of those incredibly private people. But when um, Steph called me and asked me to speak about mental health, um, I really had to pray about it as Christians. I was like, you're about to have a conversation with people who a you don't know and also a conversation that you haven't really talked about with people that are very close to you. like last year, I was in the worst place of my life to the point that I was on suicide watch. I wasn't allowed to be left at home by myself. Um, I had <laughs> my, my sister and my best friend had to come and take out anything that they thought was a danger to me. So all tablets or um, solvents or whatever, because I was in a place. And when they kept trying to ask me why I could not answer.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think it, was, it wasn't until last year that I realised that it's actually okay to not know the reason why you're feeling the way you're mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't answer and I could not say to them, this is the problem and this is the issue that I'm having. I just needed to be left alone. But the truth was mm-hmm. I couldn't be left alone because mm-hmm. I was actually a danger to myself. I, it, it, and it was a horrible place to be in. And it wasn't until I started therapy that I started, I've started to slowly get myself. And I mean slowly, I mean like a tortoise. Yeah. tortoise is that how you pronounce it yeah. <laughs> yeah like that kind of crawl out yeah. of that place yeah. but people will look at me and they will assume that everything is okay oh Celestina, you're on tv or oh, Celestina, you're singing with this person or oh, Celestina, you're doing that but outside of that it's i'm suffering inwardly and i'm trying to find an avenue for it but sometimes i just want to shut away
6: but do you not find that so like because i i find it so frustrating sometimes for me that i get up there and i do all of the stuff that i do and then i might go home and just feel like just complete and oh. utter shit. And it's like, and I can't cope with it quite a lot of the time. Yeah. So there's always this expectation, isn't there, to have like a bit of a front on all the time and to pretend like you're totally together. And I always think, when I think about it with like a work environment or your day-to-day social life, it's like, how much do you want to show firstly, but can you not go into work or not go and do something because you feel that unhappy or that miserable in your mental health if that makes sense wow. but also feeling like you don't want to let people down yeah, like exactly. i find that like yeah, yeah. yeah i'd never not show up something however awful i felt because i don't Ooh, want to let anyone down and it's yeah, like it that's ridiculous that you, you add that be, pressure yeah. on it's that, and
2: then you, you you force yourself to doing things that you don't even feel okay to do but like you said it's just you just don't want to let people down and it's that problem of not putting ourselves first yeah and when do we get to a point Mm. that we can actually do that and not feel guilty Um, i I will forever feel guilty
0: sorry so on on that into any parents around the table like talking about not letting people down
1: um i feel like um we underestimate how much kids understand emotionally yeah like Mm, and like she would notice that i'm different And she'll try and get that out of me. And then I'll just give it a hug and then yeah. But I think I think also this idea of like letting people down um is something that I've kinda accepted that I'm going to let people down. (laughs) Like this this expectation of whoever or whatever like I've portrayed to people, Mm. like That is not me. Like I could be this today and tomorrow I'll be that. Like, and I always say this to people, I could, you know, say whatever I'm saying this today, like tomorrow I can completely be like the opposite. And that should be fine to to you. Like, and if you're someone that cares about me, you should understand that um, as a human being, we grow. And I see mental health, I see our mental well-being as a sort of uh, a muscle that, you know, some depending on your lifestyle or depending on like what's happening around you. My brain is so complex, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, because of like past traumas, because of, you know, the pressures that I'm having now, because of things that are happening, that would affect my well-being today. So it's almost like, what am I doing about it? So, you know, we speak about um, going to the therapies, like speaking to someone that's a professional. Um, and I think we underestimate the idea that, our brain does its own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you're asleep, and your brain talks to you. Yeah. <laughs> like your mind just tells, shows you all these things. You know, it's actually amazing the
5: things that you can convince yourself. Do you go me- both say? negative and Do positive. So yeah. you know?
1: seeing a professional who understands how this thing works is helpful. It's amazing. Going
3: back to the sorry, going sorry. back to the kids thing, I was going to say it's really interesting because obviously like you say they pick up on it and you talked about underestimating them and I am and I think that we're all guilty of really underestimating them in all sorts of ways actually because I know you know it's not it, it's hot. I know people whose parents suffered from mental health and they felt as kids took on some of that blame some of that responsibility and so I've been really like clear about saying to the kids sometimes you know what I'm not having a great day sure. like how are your kids five and nearly three the same as yours like the three-year-old's like whatever poor patrol <laughs> 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 like, turn the telly on <laughs> couldn't care less um but billy is sometimes you know my eldest will sometimes just be like she should be looking at me she's like why are you being such a bitch it's essentially what she's thinking and i know she is and i'll just have to say you know what i'm not having a great day i'm really sorry and i've always said with the kids like I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm going to say something or lose my shit, whatever it is. But it's the repair that counts. So if I do that, if I can go back to them and go, look, I'm really sorry. Like, I messed up. I'm not feeling great. I shouldn't have done it. You know, can we be mates again? She'll be like "Mm that. But she's (laughs) but she gets it. And I think we do underestimate their ability to understand you know, I'm not gonna go into detail, but they understand when I'm not having a great day. And I would rather that they heard that than walk around going, why does mommy not like me today? Much rather that.
7: I think that's, um, that's really interesting, that idea of confronting your failure with them. You, you don't think that, what apologizing is, I think apologizing is so important for,
5: mm-hmm.
7: apologizing to your kids, but in general as well. But um, what it communicates to them, I think, is that I'm not conquered by my failures. And I also think that it's interesting that um, you were using the metaphor of mental health as a muscle because I've found personally that exercise has been really important for me to um, ward off some of that, uh, especially anxiety i mean the way i see it uh, i think with parents you're being pulled in so many different directions with so many things going on you have constant pressures i have three kids and they're all asking me questions all of the time (laughs) (laughs) they are all all three of them are asking questions do you know what i mean Uh um and so you're getting pulled off in different fragments and that's what anxiety is like uh, often when you go to when you're trying to go to sleep you can't still yourself because there's this because you're thinking about this thing over here, there and that's pulling you over there and you need to think about that. And you need to do that tomorrow. And one of the things that I think exercise does when I work out really hard, when I work out really hard, um, it, uh, it's kind of an emotional reset. But also the other thing that happens, I think, that when I work out really hard is this thing of confronting difficulty. I think there are two ways to think about suffering. One is that you're a victim of the universe and that's it. The universe has got it in for me so that's it the other way is to think about is to think about hardship is i am going voluntarily into this hardship i'm making my own way making my own path i'm taking responsibility and i'm going to conquer
6: you see that's quite an interesting way to think about it, i think so for me with my eating so i obviously was very unwell when i was younger um and then when i came out of hospital when i was 18 i pretty much managed my recovery kind of for the next six, seven years, I think, and then relapsed. And then I'm now 29. And since I came through my relapse, actually, my I do still have this kind of anorexic voice constantly mm. in my head, kind of telling me what I should eat, what I shouldn't eat. But over the last, <clears throat> probably like the last six months, I've made this real effort every day to kind of get up and try and challenge it. And it's ridiculous things. Like I find it really difficult to eat like yogurts that aren't completely portion controlled. So I'd rather have like two yogurts than get like a massive tub of like total yoghurt and spoon out of the yoghurt. So it's like about trying to challenge myself to eat out of a yoghurt mm-hmm. pot instead of eating out of a so yoghurt oh, portion. Ones, yeah, and things yeah. like that. and. I think for me, it's actually like, that is true. Like you have to keep challenging yourself when you're in recovery, yeah. Matter. We push ourselves out of that comfort zone. And as long as we've got the coping mechanisms, and for me, it is the exercise stuff. When I, I do a lot of long distance running and when I exercise, it helps me to feel better and gives me that headspace. I think it's that balance, isn't it? I think
5: it's like, I'm, I have a similar experience to you that I kind of put on that sort of sassy gay persona <laughs> that is, is me, but I kind of sometimes push it to the nth degree sometimes when I'm really not feeling my best. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like that, I think that's our own way of challenging it almost, and also saving ourselves yeah. from being hurt again. Yeah, I know that makes you know? sense. Yeah. So it is kind of-
2: Absolutely. Like, I mean, you, you said something about tiny steps. Um, I, I disagree with that word, only because I don't think that we should belittle whatever movement we're oh making. I yeah, not uh, uh, yeah. And I think it should be measured. I think a step For is a step. step. Yeah. Um, and it should never be classified yeah. as tiny or large. To you, it's a movement, so therefore it's just a step. And the, yeah. the
7: reason I think that uh, you shouldn't think about it as tiny is because its significance is it's doing the right thing.
2: Yeah. And that's everything. Yeah.
7: That's everything. It's when you decide to do those tiny steps, um, you are saying, I'm going to do the right thing, whether the world wants me to or not, yeah. whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to do the right thing. But I think we have everything.
6: to feel empowered to say it's not a tiny sex. I think like maybe what you were saying and what I sometimes feel is like if I have something that's unportion controlled or something that's going to a restaurant that i don't know or whatever it might be i sometimes think it's a really small step for me to do that because i probably shouldn't be at that point i should be further ahead in my recovery right. if that makes yeah. sense so it's kind of like it feels like sometimes a tiny step but then a massive step and then that's like a complete brain mess in itself anyway so but
4: i think i think you're on your your own journey so i, I think that's what the issue is as well a lot of us focus on you know comparing yeah. yourself and. Um, again, I want to go back to your parenting style, mm-hmm. um, being authentic with your children and communicating that. Like, I think it's amazing. Um, just from firstly, your child understands that mummy does go through this. Like, it's not just all great. And again, it's your children understanding why you've done what you've done yeah. because. If you don't communicate with your children, it's left down to interpretation. And I think like, even if you look back in like, if we all look back into our own childhood, if we're not spoken to, we're just left to yes. interpretation. So you might come in and slam the door and I'm like, oh, she's slammed the door cause she's mad at me or this is the reason and then blame myself, and it creates something. So I just think like off- authenticity is what is going to change like mental health just in general and having the conversations because it's all down to interpretation but it's
3: like it's this conversation that's important it's the conversations that you have on, the, on social media or that i have or that you have with your wife or whatever it is or your friends or you know it's being able to say to friends no you know what i'm not going to come out tonight because i'm not feeling great and i just need to look after me mm-hmm. it's being able to say no And and not make an excuse, but to be able to say, my mental health isn't great right now, I need to stay in. And I think the more we talk about it and the more we have this conversation, and that's why I do what I do on social media, which is just no boundaries talk about how bonkers I can be, is because I don't, for whatever reason, I, I didn't have the gene mate that told me not to talk about stuff. And I always found as soon as I... <laughs> really? Uh, as soon as I said it um, to the doctor when I was 26, that was the hardest time. It, the, that first time was like ripping the bandaid off. After that, I was like, I've got depression. I'm depressed. I've got depression. And it, was, and it just made it smaller. Like the more I kind of put it out there, not like on people, but just like, this is it. And this is real. It made it smaller. So with me,
6: because I have had anorexia, and when everyone thinks of an anorexic person, they think of like, it's- really skeleton looking, probably teenage girl. Mm. And I don't look like I have anorexia anymore, which is really good. But I think it means that I find it harder to tell people. I don't anymore, because I obviously do this all the time. (laughs) But like in the past, I never told anyone because I felt like they were all going to
3: judge me and look at me and think, you don't have anorexia, you clearly like. And the uh, judging thing is depression can look like anything. And and certainly with postnatal depression, that was for me, that was the hardest possible time in my life because obviously, Motherhood's supposed to be one of those that everybody's like, it's the most magical time of your life, you'll never feel love like it. You know, you're built to do this, you get that a lot. You know, motherhood is just such a wonderful thing. And all of those things are true, but it's also really shit. It's also really, really hard becoming a parent for the first time. And especially a mother, because you go through this real physical trauma, and it is trauma. Um, And then all these things that you're supposed to naturally be able to do you can't do, and I was like, and I was like, I didn't bond with her. Like, to this day, my postnatal depression affects my relationship with my eldest. Like, it took me a long time to bond with her, probably over a year. I mean, I would have died for her. Like, you know, I would have stood in front of, like, I would have, but did I feel that, like, overwhelming love for her at first? No. Like, instinctively, it was there, but I didn't have that warm gushy feeling
0: can I ask things that so you talked about like accepting where we're at and being able to be authentic and things which is great but what's helped people go beyond just like sitting in it and being like yeah this is me I've got depression and that's life like you mentioned exercise like is it like Faith for people, yeah, like
3: medication. Like, like, I'm not joking, like meds, like, and and so many people feel such shame talking about meds or worry about going on to meds or going to GP, they'll never come off them or, you know, it's like a slippery slope down into the crazy train one way and, and actually, Meds for me were the one thing that really, really saved me.
5: And there's a lot of stuff at the moment of people shaming people that take it. Yeah,
2: I think I think it's sad that people do that. Yeah, I'm anti-medication myself, um, and I have been for a few years, my personal choice. um, But I've always been offered antidepressants from the age of 15. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time I tried to commit suicide, second time I tried to commit suicide, um, and the doctor said, "Well, I'm going to put you in the mental home." if you don't turns out he was completely wrong i think he got fired after that um but yeah because you can't actually say to someone like well yeah after trying to commit suicide twice you tell me you are gonna put me in a mental home i'm 15. Mm, kind of legal but so yeah so i literally have always just kind of avoided meds um but i I choose not to take meds but for me personally I'm, i'm a christian um as in saying that i love god i'm a jesus lover to my core yeah the next person that tells me to pray about my my mental health mm. is really gonna hate my response. No. Like, I dare and you I, to tell me. To pray. I I dare you and your mother to tell me to pray because <laughs> it's it's so much deeper. No, and, and it's a it's a it's conversation true. that has to happen, mm-hmm. especially for for those of us who are in a faith, any faith. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything can come up by prayer. Yes, I understand that prayer is important and it it helps our daily walk, but what we are going through as a people and mentally for myself is deeper than prayer. So yes, I'm going to pray, but there's physical things I have to do in order to help me get better.
4: For me personally, um, and I'm gonna go back to depression and I'm gonna work myself out of it, but um, I was in a depressed place about three and a half, four years ago and I tried, I was trying multiple things to try and get myself out of that place and space and the thing that got me out of it was reading a book and I didn't turn to the book for, um, to get me out of that. Like there were books I did turn to, um, like self-help books, but, um, the book I read just basically got me out of depression and out of that oh, headspace what's the book um, what
0: is this magic book thing <laughs> no it's, it's not
4: it's not a magic it's not a magic book but, but like it, it's, um, it was Charlemagne the God's um book Black Privilege and don't be like thrown off by the title like it doesn't matter your background This fine for everyone but that book basically all of the stuff that I was going through it basically gave me the questions and the answers to it and I I realized that my issue was that I was being stagnant in life and I wasn't taking charge waking up in the morning and taking control of my life. So like going to work, um, over if we say a decade I've been promoted and, and numerous things have happened and, and if I look back I'm like oh yeah it's great and um, I've made progression I've been promoted but actually actually, I haven't proactively been taking charge of life and growing and doing that and from there and reading that book I've, I've been on a journey of reading like multiple books and literature and taking it in and again I listen to, to Audible because it fits into my life a lot easier and I'm able to listen to that but I I think it's important as well for us to have in the discussion and in in the conversation of mental health how people are coping with mental health or how they are improving or bettering themselves. because I think just to you know go oh I'm suffering from anxiety or depression but it's like okay that's all well and good but how did you get out of that place or what's helping you? Like therapy, again, it's, it's, it's another thing. And until someone's authentic and says, oh, I'm doing therapy, then there might be another, oh yeah, I'm doing therapy as well. But it's that first person to have that initial conversation. And that's what's going to help people is, is the actual coping mechanisms around mental health. So yes,
5: For me, where my issues with mental health kind of stemmed from the way I kind of, my, my sexuality basically, and kind of the way, also the way I looked at my own body and stuff like that. And I think for me now, the way that what gets me up in the morning is the pride that I feel in, this, in the journey that I took to get to the point where I could actually look in the mirror and say that I actually like what I see. Uh, I am so proud to be a gay man. I, I love it. But I didn't have that for a very long time. And I think that I consider myself an incredibly strong person because I myself got myself to a place where I kind of could look in the mirror and be like, you're okay, you're good, you're fine. And yeah, obviously it dips in and out, but generally I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're strong yeah. as fuck. You know? I think
0: that's awesome that you've got yeah. that, like, strength from within yourself. Cause I think for me, it's similar to you, like, the faith thing, like, I don't think I could have pulled my, I don't know if I would have had that strength. So like, mm, celebrate yeah. you in that, the fact that you've done yeah. that. Cause for me, it was a total reliance on God yeah. in so many ways, like, even while I was feeling, depressed like there's such a joy and like such mm. a peace like that was just undeniable like i felt felt rubbish <laughs> mm. but there's just like there's there's something bad. solid yeah. like mm. yeah. and
5: so, i think that's yeah. amazing for me
7: yeah. that, that is the same is the thing that has enabled me and, and empowered me to go into suffering with like creatively and bold, boldly is this idea that s- suffering is temporary He's coming, Jesus is coming, and he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Peace is coming because Jesus rose from the dead. We know he, uh, justice will be done and peace is coming. And that's, the, that's what's given me um, hope and an anchor to go through into suffering.
2: Well, I think for me, no one should laugh. <laughs> I,
3: there's a, has anyone watched now the movie? Now I'm going to laugh. Like, Greatest Showman. An yes, and I loved them like 7,000 times.
2: I, w- I mean, I, I think half of their box office was through me, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> I was obsessed with the movie, but specifically that song, This, this is, is Me. me. Mm-hmm. The, the queen that slayed that, that song. <laughs> <laughs> Who child. Her, what is she like?
0: Yeah, it was real, wasn't it? I've actress, watched
2: every like, single performance that she's done of that song. Literally every single one. <laughs> because that song speaks, for me personally, it spoke to my my core, my inner child, my mental place, my emotional place. It was a, this is me. I do not give a, don't know if I'm allowed to swear, so let's be You are allowed to swear, I
3: checked. Fantastic.
2: That. <laughs> <laughs> that song allowed me to realise, hey, okay, yes, I have a problem, but I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive, I have a chance, I have an opportunity to change my narrative. I don't have to stay in this position. And that song for me, listen, let me tell you guys, when I'm in the house by myself, (laughs) and I'm in my birthday suit, come on now, (laughs) and I'm playing that song. It's all right, have the visuals, it's okay. (laughs) And I'm playing that song through my stereo. My neighbours have banged so many times. I'm like, y'all just gonna have to worship this song through me because (laughs) this song ain't going nowhere. And I literally live, and and I I can sing. But at that moment, I don't care if I'm singing in key or not. I'm literally living out those words. And Mm. that song for me helped me. It literally, it literally saved me.
0: After talking and after this, How are you feeling?
5: I'll go uh, strong.
0: Nice.
5: Um, I feel hopeful as well.
6: I think I feel tougher. Just I think like like I yeah I didn't tell anyone apart from you guys about my little meltdown this morning. Probably because I don't know anyone here, so it made it a bit easier. Um, And I think. Talked about with therapy. Yeah, it's just. (laughs) But I think yeah, and then kind of hearing everyone just talking about their experiences and stuff, it does remind you that. I know it really sounds really cliche when people say this, but like, we're not alone in this and how we feel. And actually, the more we talk about it, actually the better it's gonna be for all of us. So yeah, I feel more, I feel like, yeah, I feel, yeah, I'm ready to go home and I can build my own tonight and I know that I'm gonna be okay.
1: It's amazing. For me, it's um, aware, awareness, Mm -hmm. um, only because I feel like the conversation we've had has been very linear towards um, anxiety and depression and mental health or like, I guess the mental things that we go through is so much more broader. And also like, just for people that are watching that can't help themselves as in, they can't pick me up. They can't, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they can't do something about it. Um, Some people can't read like, and some people don't have the sort of privilege that we have to, you know, sit here and, you know, talk about it or just the things the access that we have um, and the coping mechanism that we have, um, just that awareness that um, it's a lot harder Mm. and it's a deeper conversation. um, And it's it's one that, you know, we have to sort of keep on talking about and we need to be aware that mental health or mental issues or whatever we want to call it is so vast. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do this by myself. Um, And just the idea of other people inputting into my life or them telling me what they do and how they cope, just, you know, give me the language or the words or the awareness to understand, okay, I could probably look at that and do that. Or like, oh, that wouldn't work for me or that will work for me. That kind of, just giving me the language and the tools. And I think community is very important to me. And I think this idea of sort of like I'm um, speaking truth to myself. So, what what is true that I believe that I don't believe right now, um, and also setting a routine. Oh, my routine! I get I just go all over the place.
3: Can I go back to that? You Used that word privilege, and I think it, you, it's really important that you bring it up, and it's something that we should, probably should have talked about and haven't because we talk about therapy. That you know, I, I'm as privileged as they come you know, I could afford therapy. I could have, I had access to the NHS. I had all of that. I had supportive family. I had people around me, friends. I had a house and a home to live in. I had my, the rest of my health. Like to a certain extent, mental illness is easier for me. It's, you know, the actual illness itself is pretty shitty but actually managing it and my ability and and the resources I've got access to mean that it is much easier for me.
6: But you can do, I think yeah. you can do it, sorry, just to touch on that, you can do it without therapy. I think I yeah, wish you can, you that I had totally therapy can. and I would love to be able to afford to see a yeah. therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't. And yeah. I've had loads of therapy when I was in hospital. Then I couldn't access it through the NHS because there was like a six, seven month wait for it. And then I couldn't get it now because yeah. I just do not have the money to do that. And I think it's when you don't have that therapy or whatever that you need it's actually about finding like you said like other things that actually work so having like a couple of people that you can be a completely 100% honest with about your feelings those people that you are accountable to and if you have that support I know it's difficult to be honest with people it's not your therapist because it's just harder but is, you have to try to. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. I know you guys are my just therapist
4: just give us now. Like <laughs> cameras and
3: <laughs> some mics we'll be super
4: open <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just perspective because obviously yeah. you only have that internal conversation yeah. with yourself so speaking to someone else about your situation they may give you a different perspective and you're like oh it's it's not so bad or that's another issue and like for myself again in my mental health story i was depressed three years ago but um my dad at the age of four when i was four not when my dad was four (laughs) um he was diagnosed as schizophrenic and was sectioned and um that was the breakdown of my house was him going into a um um mental health home and, and being going through that whole situation, and it wasn 't until my sort of teenagers that he was actually out and, and that was my experience and from the age of four until probably like sixteen seventeen i didn 't speak to anybody at all like all of my friends like nobody knew at all about my experience so it 's brilliant now that you know these conversations are being had, and just even regarding therapy, this is therapy for people yeah. just to listen to an authentic conversation sure. and it's like perspective because it it opens up because a lot of people are suffering in um silence they feel like they're the only person dealing with their situation so just hearing someone else saying oh yeah i, I deal with that too it just lightens totally, a load yeah
0: and i think that's our hopefully you will feel empowered and encouraged by just hearing us have a chat We are so glad that you've come and you've sat with us round the round table. There are links down below if you want to look to get more help and see some topics related to mental health. It has been a real pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining.